0: From those that are visiting with us it's so good to have you here i believe god will give you something to go home with from his word today and things will never be the same in your life after today in jesus name amen i my message today is titled on yielding faith Unyielding faith i have discovered and i believe that we suffer a lot Not because God doesn't care or God doesn't hear our prayers. God's looking away. The reason is we are really not believing Him enough. Most of the things that we do is just hope. That God's going to do this for me because... And we usually will attach that to something that we've done because I prayed, because I went to church, because I'm faithful. No. None of those things work with God. They add to your faith, but they don't work with God. God only responds to faith. That's one thing I'm coming to realize. God only responds to faith. And what you believe will come out of your mouth. So I can stay with you and talk to you. And once you start talking, fear and everything that's happening bad in your life. It's a clear sign God's not in the picture. You're on your own. Dealing with issues that are bigger than you. And that's why you need God. And when it comes into the equation, your problem is nothing. And if your problem is nothing, in your eyes, you don't talk much about them because it's nothing. The key issue for me and for you, every one of us, what's hindering us is our faith in God. That's the major, the greatest hindrance. We have And the opposite of faith is fear. And so Christians talk a lot about fear, and there's a lot about what's going on and what they can have, and all the weakness, uh, the DNA in my family, their age and everything else, except what God says. And that's where we are missing it. We are not ex- as excited about discovery from the word. Look what I found in the word. We don't have that. However, if we get something from the doctor, we know how we respond, right? Look what the doctor says. Right? Different attitude. That's where we are missing it. If you were God and you're looking from above, what would you think? My word don't excite them. But the doctors would excite them. Doctor says, Hey, you don't have. Who you pick up the phone, and guess what? You're calling everybody. The doctor said they checked me and they have discovered nothing wrong with doctors. Okay. But what about what God says? When last did you discover something from the world that got you so excited? Even though you can't handle it, but you're thinking, how I got this and my life's going to change. That's faith. When you just hope that your life is going to change, that means you are not really staying with the word. Because we don't believe that the word can carry us. That's the issue here. You know, Jesus said, in his temptation, let me back up again. The first, the the only sin, the first sin on earth, wasn't the eating of the fruit. I know that's what we think. That wasn't the sin. The first sin was the sin of unbelief. God told them something, right? Don't do this. And Satan said, did God say? Remember that? Did God say? And they refused. They doubted what God told them. And they believed what the devil told them. That was the sin. If they had believed what God told them, they wouldn't have eaten from the fruit, from the tree. They... Thoughts, well, God must have not told us the truth. And that's what sin is. Sin is not staying with what God says. When Jesus was tempted on the cross, I mean, sorry, tempted um, in the wilderness, I should say, notice what he said. Every time the temptation came, Jesus said, It is written. Luke 4, verse 4, every time the temptation came, he said, it is written. And notice, I notice there, for, for me sometimes it's a battle, you know. No, no, I quote the scripture, and Satan, after a few minutes or hours, all of a sudden I'm dealing with the same thing, right? And you are some of us are like that too. But with Jesus, no, Satan doesn't come back with anything. That matter is closed. Goes on to the next thing. You know what Jesus was doing in my mind? What Jesus was doing? Hey, this is how it is. It, is a, it has been established. It's been established. This is the way the universe works according to what God says. It is established. He saying, Satan, you know and I know. This is what God said. And that's the way it should be. You're trying to get me away to deviate from what God said. And you know, when I, if I deviate, I will have nothing but confusion, heartache, chaos, pain. And that's what you want me to do. But Jesus said, I believe what God said. It is written. And that's that it. And Satan says, I know you believe. Let's go on to the next one. That's what temptation, Jesus' temptation was. So no matter what you're going through, the answer is in it. It is written. It's in the book. Jesus spoke to us in John chapter 14. He said, don't let your heart be troubled. John 14, verse 1. Don't let your heart be troubled. And then he said, I know you believe in God, but also believe in me. You know what you're doing when you allow your heart to be troubled? Should I say it? Don't let your heart be troubled. This is the way God wants it. Is he saying there's not something that's going to make your heart be troubled? No. He recognizes there is something, there are issues, there are situations in your life that's going to get your heart to be troubled. But he's saying don't let it happen. Because this is the principle established in heaven. Heaven. Forever, O Lord, your word is established in heaven. This is the way it must be. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Luke 4 verse 4. Man does not live by bread alone. You know what's happening? If you are a man, you are supposed to live not only by food and bread alone, but also by the word. But most people live by food alone. Especially in America, I'm sorry. We go on to those fast food restaurants, right? Uh, And if they don't bring it fast enough, we go to the next one. Quickly. It's called drive through. You remember that? We don't even want to waste time going in. That's too much trouble. Just sit in your car and say a few words and voila, the food comes. And we drive off. So God saying, I want you to live by my word. That's what Jesus established. Satan, Jesus was hungry, Satan says, well, turn the uh, stone to bread, so you can eat. Um, He had the power to do it. But Jesus says, no, we're not doing that, I'm not listening to you. Man does not live by bread alone. I got the word, and I don't need that kind of bread. When I need it, I'll take that, but right now, that's not what I need. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. I guess something to shock you with. You, have you heard the word prayer changes things? Well, prayer does not change things. Okay? I know you don't like that, but it's the truth. Prayer doesn't change anything. No. A, a pirate can mouth some of the prayers that we mouth, right? A parrot can say those things to God. You think God is going to answer the words coming out of a bird's mouth? Let me tell you what changes things. The prayer of faith is what changes things. James 5, verse 15. The prayer of faith saves the sick. If you heard it in any way, God saying the only way you can be free from it is the prayer of faith. And that's what's missing. We are praying, but we are not adding faith to the prayer. We're asking from God, but we are not adding faith to it. And so we don't receive. We are anxious, filled with fear. I mean, I can't make it because of all these things that we see. But God said, Don't let your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. He takes care of you. He takes care of you. So the key is faith in God's word. You can even fast. You can cry. But the anxiety is not going to leave you until you have faith. The fear will not disappear from your heart and you won't have peace until there is faith. Until there is the prayer of faith. And assurance somehow in your heart that God has heard me. And I don't need to worry about anything. You see, God's calling us to believe Him. Everything is settled in heaven, but on earth not quite settled until you hear the word of God and believe in it. Remember what the scripture says, whatever you bind on earth, He's bound in heaven. His word is settled in heaven. Now God's looking at you, to you, to settle the word in your life, which is on the earth. And doing that is to believe him. And once you have faith in God fear, the anxiety leaves. That's why the Bible says be anxious for nothing, but with prayer and supplication, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God that passes knowledge will guard your mind and your heart in Christ Jesus. The peace your heart's not troubled because you have passed it over to God. Just faith. You passed it over to God. We cry out to God a lot. And we go to church. We have this situation. But we don't believe that the situation will ever change. It's been so long. Things have been this way in our lives. It's repeated itself over and over again. Well, the man was sick for 38 years. And Jesus came. And until you change that blueprint that you present to him, nothing is going to change. Keep saying it. Keep believing it. Keep telling yourself, this is what I see. This is my experience. But does your experience Line up with the book. So we got to believe. This is where the fight really is. And it's so difficult to fight because there are so many voices. And sometimes there are voices coming from believers like you. And you get confused. You don't know, can I really trust what God says? That's the real battle. But I'm telling you, if we will put everything aside and begin to believe God, God will begin to do um, unusual things in our lives. Amen? So what is faith? What is faith? Because we need this to help our lives. We need this to help our lives. God doesn't respond. Let me say this again. God cannot. Can everyone say the word with me? Cannot. He cannot overlook faith. He just cannot. You know many times. We've seen it in crusades. The Christians are sick. And the unbeliever comes in. And gets their healing. After listening to the word of God. Have you had that happen? You know why? They've gone through situations and accepted their situations and don't want to believe. They know God can heal, but they're not sure if he will. Because of their circumstance. The unbeliever doesn't know that. He sees one person heal, he says, hey, I want that too. And he's not going to quit. What's wrong with me? I want what God just did for that person. Unyielding faith. Unyielding faith. I want what God's done for that person. You can do it in my life. And it's never too late. God can do it. I pray that God would make you go home with something tonight, today. Don't just hear the word. Take something and use it for your battle. And, and when God gets through, your faith is going to increase. Take that one thing. That's bothered you and say, God, if you are married, you and your wife, take that one thing. We will overcome this by the grace of God. And stop all the nonsense, speaking all the things that you are experiencing, except what the word of God says. Put an end to that. The day you put an end to it, that's the day of new beginnings. The day of new beginnings. What is Faith. You know, Hebrew chapter 11, verse 1, he says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. So God's telling us what faith is like. Faith is really accepting what God says without seeing or feeling anything. God says it, and I believe that's the case, and I know what I'm going through. God requires that for him to act and change your situation. No other way. No other way. Jesus said to the man who brought his son with epilepsy, you remember that? And the disciples that tried to get the demon out of this young uh, child, and the demon would not go. And so Jesus had to engage the man again to do the work. And Jesus said, how long would I be with you? How long will I suffer you? Bring the child to me. But you would think Jesus would immediately cast the devil out of this child, and the boy would be okay after that. But Jesus turned and asked the father, how long has it been? You know what he was trying to do? The man had lost faith at that point. You know what happened in my mind? He had seen the disciples. He came with a lot of hope. Right? But then when he saw the disciples struggling and they couldn't get the demon out, he lost faith. He was wondering, it's not going to happen. But when Jesus, knowing that, Jesus could have done that, but he engaged the man and said to the man, How long has it been? You think he didn't know? The man said, well, from the time he was in youth, and then he went through everything. And and then he said to Jesus, if you can do anything, can do anything, Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to those who believe. That's a law. That's a law. You can't go around the law of gravity. Because you are president's son. You can't do anything about that. If you can only believe, all things are possible to those who believe. It's only through faith. Not, notice he didn't say, if you are, can believe and are righteous. No. All is asking for whether you are an unbeliever if you can believe what God says, He meets you right there. That's the only thing that works with Him. Nothing else matters. He's looking for faith in His Word. Why? Because Adam didn't accept His Word. That was the beginning. Adam didn't act on His Word. He went back on God's word. So God's looking for somebody who will, even in spite of everything that's going on around you, you still stay with God's word on yielding faith. And he likes it that way. He likes it that way. Faith is the substance. In other words, your hope has no substance. I hope so. Have you heard that before? Pastor, please pray for me. Are you going to be here today? I hope so. Well, there is no substance in hope. You're not going to get anything hoping so. He says faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. You can't see it, but faith acts as if it's there. That's what it says. Hmm. You know in court. The guy says. I haven't been in that place. I was never there. And and the, the, the lawyer says. Okay we heard you. But how come your DNA is there? We found your DNA. All over the house. And you said. You haven't been there. So. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. It takes the place of what you are believing for until it's revealed. And once you give up your faith in the process of the trial, which may go several weeks as you present your evidence, hello? then you are fine, not guilty. Or guilty as the case may be. But you know what we do? We let go of faith. When it's not going the way we think. We lean on our own understanding. That's why God said in Proverbs chapter 3, do not trust in your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with how many? How many part of your heart? Everything. You are laying everything. That's what pleases Him. You know, Job pleased God, and Job God was bragging on Job. You seen my boy? Seen my boy? He trusts me. Even when he doesn't understand what's going on, he still trusts. believes me. When things go south, we change our confession. You know, David said, uh, Psalm 42, I believe, verse 5, Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? He said, Hope in God. See, hope is very important. I can kind of knock down hope. Hope is very important. Because if you don't have hope, there is nothing for faith to give substance to. Amen. Some of us we've given off hope. Right? <laughs> I've tried it many times, Pastor started again. He says, We've heard that before. You know what? I, rem- I uh, today I was think- meditating on this, and then I just remembered uh, former President Reagan. Remember President Reagan? Yeah, you remember him? Now, <laughs> you know, yeah. This guy keeps. That's what we do. We complain. Pastor, how come God? God, I have prayed, I fasted, and God is not answering my prayer. And President Reagan looks at you and says, "Yeah, we go again." Remember that? There you go again. <laughs> there he goes. Because we're doing exactly the same thing. I remember him doing that. I thought that was funny. (laughs) And then we do that. I need to bring Reagan back. When we start complaining and saying all this, let him, let you have it. There you go again. (laughs) Okay? I'm sure God is saying, here, he's come again. Complaining about stuff. Don't allow your... Hope to vacate your life. Because it's so important. Don't give up hope. Hope is so important. And you know how you put substance to your hope? Speak the word to it. Speak the word to it. Because faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. Have your hope. Speak of your hope. And inject the word into your hope. And faith will give the substance until the day of manifestation. Mark 11, verse 24, God, Jesus said, believe in me. He said that when you pray, believe that you receive it and you shall have it. When you pray, believe that you receive it, and you shall have it. So, when do you believe? When you're praying. That's when you believe. You don't see it. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You don't see it yet, but your belief says, I have received it that's what God says your hope is so important inject your the word of God into your hope and God will work on that listen to this Romans chapter 5 verse 5 your hope now hope does not what? disappoint you know I like to find that and say hey Angela guess what I found My hope still has hope. Okay. (laughs) Amen. My hope still has hope in the word of God. He says, hope does not disappoint. Get excited about that. My hope cannot be defeated. He says, God said, hope does not disappoint. When you let hope go, there's going to be disappointment. There's going to be disappointment. Hey, I'm speaking from the Word of God this morning. Amen? Amen. He's from the Word of God. That's what it says. Hope does not disappoint. Why? Because God has shared His love. Poured out His love into our hearts. Through the Spirit. You're child of God. The Spirit of God is in you. Yes. Yes, you may have. uh, I've had disappointments in the past. But today is a new day. And God can begin to do a new thing in your life. Amen. Hope in God. Look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, dealing with hope again. Let us do what? Hold fast to the confession of what? Our hope. Without wavering. Why? Because the one who promised is faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. Many of us, and everyone here, you dealt with a situation that's really painful, and you're thinking, there is no way this will ever change. You've taken God out of the equation. And that's sad. As long as you still live on earth. It's never too late for God. The man was sick for 38 years. And Jesus spoke to him. And brought back hope again in him. Yes you may have suffered loss. You may have suffered some pain. You may have suffered a lot of disappointment. But why don't you call according to 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 2. This is a new day. This is a new day. I am going to make a covenant with the word of God that I'm hearing today. And I'm going to start believing God. And I don't care what happens to me in the rest of, for the rest of my life. I'm going to lay out my life down before God. If you do that, and if you can make a covenant with him today... Something new is going to start, begin. will begin to happen in your life. I guarantee you. Or oh, yielding faith. I remember the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Remember that story? The king had erected, Nebuchadnezzar had erected a statue. Ninety feet tall. And nine feet wide. And commended everybody in his kingdom. And that was the main kingdom in the world. He was the king of the world. Nebuchadnezzar, so He controlled everything. He said, you're going to hear music. And when you hear, and first thing he did, he called all the governors of every state, that's every nation, all of them back to where he was. And he said, this is what I'm doing. There's going to be music playing. I don't know where that came from. But you see, in my mind, God wanted to promote Shadrach. Meshach and Abednego why would he do something like that there was really no reason and he said if you don't bow and fall to your face and worship this idol I'll put you in a fire furnace I'll burn you up and he called and at this time Shadrach Meshach Abednego and Daniel were officers there were officers in his kingdom. Have you ever wondered why Daniel was not a part of that? Huh? There were four guys together. God knew who he had chosen. And what he was doing. Daniel didn't have to go through that. He, God reserved him from the lion's den, okay? <laughs> oh, you tell me which is better, okay? <laughs> okay? But the king did that and called them. He said to them, now, I've heard that you guys don't do this. Because they won't worship his God and they won't worship the idol. And he was mad. You're doing it publicly because the people were reporting to him. They are not doing it. They are ignoring you and they won't do what you say. The king of the world, he was angry. And so he called them. He says, "Now, fellows, I heard this thing, but uh, you will hear this music, and you hear all of this going on. And once you hear them, you need to do that and uh, bow and worship my idol. And if you don't, uh, this is what's going to happen: I put you in that fiery furnace, uh, and uh, you're going to tell me what God—that was his mistake. What God can deliver you from my hand?" And the guys heard that and they said, listen, we, we don't even have to answer you, answer you in this matter. We don't have to answer you. This is what they said. Our God is able to deliver us from your hand and will. Can we read it? I love that. He said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they answered and said to the king, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, if you're asking whether God can deliver us, if that's the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will. Can I hear the word he will? Yeah. Hey, hey. It's, it's good to say it when you are standing far away from the furnace. Yeah. Yeah. It's a different ball game if you're standing right by the furnace. And you can see the fire. But take care less. Oh, yielding faith in God. You're not going to make us compromise. We know God. And they said to him clearly. Notice, they had what they spoke. They had their confession. They had no way of knowing the future, but they told him, our God is able to, and he will deliver us from your hand. He will. Whether through the fire, we don't care. He is going to deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, even if God decides he's not going to do it, we're still not going to listen to you. We're not listening to you. The Bible says that if you read further, the king was enraged. I mean, these guys defied him right before everybody. Which means putting him really down. He was angry. He raised the the heat of the fire seven more times, he said. And he got his strong men. They tied them. And the way I'm looking at it, he's standing up angry. And they threw those kids in there and the fire killed everyone that threw them in. And um, he turned around to sit said, I'll show everybody. This is a lesson for every one of them. And as soon as he sat down, he looked, what is this? He saw four men in the fire. Nothing on them. They were clothed and they were walking around the fire. These things are recorded for our example. That no matter how impossible the situation is, God can come through. Today, we believe everything they are saying out there, we're not trusting in what God says. They had serious or yielding faith. But you know, God designed it to promote them. Let me say this. When God allows you to go through a test, No matter how long it is, it could be his design is to get you to a place much better than where you were and you wouldn't get out of that place without that trial. The king finally brought them out. He says, come out from the fire. And they came out. And then he made a proclamation to the God, guess what he called God? The God of Shidrach. Meshach and Abednego made it a decree and promoted them. That's what God would do when we believe in Him and we are unyielding in our faith. I'm going to give you a couple and then I'll quit. You remember the woman that had, a, it was a Syrophoenician woman, had a daughter that was possessed. And Jesus, she cried after Jesus, and Jesus will not listen to her. Because Jesus made it clear, I was sent the, just to the household of the, of the house of Israel. And Jesus wouldn't listen. But let me tell you this. Every time there is faith, God cannot overlook it. He just couldn't. He just could not overlook when there is real faith. When he sent his disciples out, he told them, don't go to any other place except Israel. Because I was sent to the house of Israel. Not to them yet. The time is coming for them. But right now, his ministry was just to the children of Israel and from them to the rest of the world. He followed what his father gave to him and the boundaries but when faith comes he can't stop it the woman followed them and she made a lot of noise i guess and the disciples were saying send her away i like their faith the disciples already know if jesus said to her go woman the child's going to be healed. They had no question about that. What was bothering them is the woman following them and speaking around them. They didn't want that. Get rid of her. Heal the child. That's a lot of faith in them. But Jesus said to them, I was, uh, It's not good, it's not meat to take the children's bread and give it to dogs. That's kind of rough. If you say that to an American... There's going to be a real fight. But... She knew that the Jews... Regarded them that way. But she needed help from God. And so... Jesus said that... And she replied calmly... Yeah... But the dogs... They also eat from the crumbs... That fall from the table. And you know... Jesus said... He didn't say... He said, oh woman, how great is your faith. He was so impressed by the faith of this woman. And even though she was a Gentile at this point, Jesus had to heal. Because she will not yield in her faith. We give up too quickly. Before we receive our miracle, we've already made up our mind. This is not going to work. And we let it go. Remember the story of blind Bartimaeus? The same thing. The people were telling him to be quiet. Don't don't say the word. But he was blind. Mending his business. And the way I see it, and please see that, the reason why you're here today is because God wants to do something different in your life. It's no coincidence that you're hearing what you're hearing today. This is God's design. Your life could change. The man was sitting by the roadside, minding his own business outside of Jericho, and he's heard about Jesus, but never knew he'll ever be anywhere near Jesus. He was blind. And then all of a sudden, he heard a lot of noise, and he's asking, what's going on here? And somebody said, Jesus of Nazareth. That's my belief. Somebody informed him. And he said... "Uh, Uh, this is no coincidence. Jesus came my way. I'm not going to let go of this opportunity. He couldn't see where Jesus was in the crowd, but he knew that if he yelled loud enough, Jesus was going to hear. I mean, if you have a multitude following somebody, you have to really yell out really loud for the person to hear. He was yelling out really loud. He had to have his opportunity. This wasn't going to go by him. And again, that's what happens. Church people will tell you, we've been through that before. Okay? How do you think that's going to happen? They said, be quiet. Let's have some quietness here. Jesus is passing by. Was he quiet with Jesus passing by? There was a lot of noise. But they wanted wanted him to be quiet. The reason that is, he Satan will find a way to dampen your faith and let you know God is going to is ignoring you, he doesn't want to hear from you, he doesn't care about what's happening to you. Just let it go. But the man will not let go. He yelled even louder. Jesus, son of David. You know what he was saying? You are Messiah to me and I have a right to be healed. That's what he was saying. Jesus, I know who you are. You are son of David. You are the Messiah. I'm a Jew and I need healing. And you got to give that to me today. And nobody was answering. He yelled really loud. I wish we would yell that loud when we need something from God. Amen. Don't listen to all those voices around you. And don't pay attention to the circumstances. Why we look not to the things that are seen, you know? But the things that are unseen. Because the things that are seen are temporary. And the things that are unseen are eternal. So you look to the eternal one, God Almighty. No matter what you're going through today, God is able to change that situation. You see, if you leave this place today thinking, well that was a nice sermon, you missed it. But if you leave this place today and you say, I'm going to take Just one thing for experiment. Amen. I'm going to use this thing to try God. God himself said in Malachi chapter 3. Prove me. Try me. Test me. The man yelled loud. It's funny. After Jesus called for him. The same individuals that were telling him to be quiet. They now said to him. Be of good cheer. Right. (laughs) He's calling for you. And I'm thinking, why don't you make up your mind? You want him to call or you don't want him to call? They said, be of good cheer. He's calling for me, for you. You know what that meant? What they were saying to him? Your troubles are over. He's calling you. Can I tell you something this morning? Jesus is calling for you. Jesus is calling for you. Come with your problems. He's calling for you. He said, well, I can't see him. That's your problem. He's right here with us. He's calling for you this morning. And he wants to get rid of that problem. You know what the man did? He threw away his coat. I don't need this coat anymore. And then he went to Jesus. Unyielding faith in God. It's something that... Made you to let go of hope. May God infuse your heart with hope today in Jesus name. And may God show you that you can be free. No matter what's going on in your life. Say with me. Today is my day. Today is my day. You don't sound like you really mean it. Today is my day. Today is my day. Okay now think, take that thing that is bothering you. And say to yourself. And to God, today, Today. I can't hear you. You're not loud enough. You are too (laughs) churchy. Amen. Today is my day of deliverance. Today is my day of deliverance. And you know, your words, as you spoke them, I believe they rose up to the heavens. And God heard them. God heard them. Now, don't let go of your faith. Always profess yourself. Put a point to yourself and say, on this very day, I have something in my office, I write, I write things down. On this very day, I made a proclamation before God. I made a covenant. And I'm expecting that to come to pass. And I will stay with it till I see Jesus face to face. I'm not letting go. Amen? We're not letting go. Amen? Stand up with me this morning. Can I tell you something? Can I say something to you? Thank you very much. I'll say it. Your dream is too small. For the God of heaven. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Yes, amen. Hey, your dream is too small before God. What you are hoping for, that you want God to do, you will agree if you can stand before God and He stands before that thing. Believe me, you will see it too small. Isaiah 54 says, make it bigger. Amen? Make it bigger. Isaiah 54 verse 2. And God is able to. Today, what I want you to do, that just came into my spirit. I know it's the Holy Spirit. God's saying to some of us, change the blueprint that you've been showing to Him to build out of. That came from the Spirit. Change the blueprint. That you've been showing to him. To build out of. And give him a new. Blueprint. From this very day. And may the Spirit of the living God. Be with you. And help you. That you may never stray away from that. Blueprint. Because he who promised. Is faithful. God has promised to bless you please call yourself blessed if you ever say a word against your own life again may God forgive you but please don't say anything against your life your family or anything that's about your life because you were in his mind what the death of his son and don't diminish that and don't insult him by looking down on yourself Because of what's happened in the past. He loves you just the way you are. And please receive that to me. I'm not saying this to mean good words. No, no, no. This is truth. And I'm going to see changes. Because I believe God, okay? I believe God. There is going to be changes. I will hear the testimonies. And let's be together. If two of you shall agree concerning anything... That they shall ask. Jesus said, It shall be done for them by my Father in heaven. And you know He cannot lie because He said, You believe in God, believe also in me. Amen. Close your eyes right now, lift up your hands, and tell God, I'm giving you a new blueprint. I repent of the old blueprint. I want changes in my life for the better. For you came to bless. Jesus came to bless. He came to bless you. He came to bless you. He came to bless you. Tell yourself, He came to bless me. He came to bless me. How? You don't know. But you know He came to bless you. He came to bless you. Jesus came to bless you. You are blessed. And no one can reverse it. No one. His presence is here today. His presence is here today. Sky is the limit. For the children of the living God, you are a saint of God because the scripture says you are a saint. No matter how you feel, God loves you, you belong to Him. You are His inheritance and He will protect His inheritance. You are His inheritance according to the scriptures. Ephesians chapter 1 tells us, you are God's inheritance and God loves His inheritance purchased and delivered to him by his son. Amen. Your life will never be the same. Our greatest enemy, please bear with me. Our greatest enemy is our tongue. When Satan comes and he winds us up, all of a sudden we begin to speak. You know those things that they used to wind These days it's battery, right? You put a battery in them and they just start talking. That's got to stop. Amen? And we start a new day. How many are starting a new day with me today in God? It's a new day at the Art Fellowship. It's a new day. It's a new day. Thank you, Lord. If you're sick in the body, I'm not going to tell somebody to pray for you. Because put up your hand. How many believers do we have here? If you are a believer, put up your hand. Ooh, good. You believe in God. Believe also in me, Right? You know, Jesus said, if you are a believer, you will lay hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. He didn't say, if you are a believer, and you are a pastor. He just said, you are a believer, right? So, if you are sick, well, it's your hand. He didn't say, which, which hand? Your hand or somebody's hand. Lay your hand on. Can you do that right now? And we're getting to, be, get, to receive our healing. I was in, uh, uh, in Africa, having a crusade. I told the people in the field I need you all to put your hands where you hurt and God will heal you and the woman she had so many places that was hurting and she says I had my hand up and I put my hand on my back and I was pleading God give me another hand so I can please (laughs) but God healed all of it let's thank him okay for your healing put your hand where you're hurting and God's healing you right now Father I thank you that you're healing your people you're drawing them close to you. Those who did not know you, they now know you by faith. They have received you. Say with me, I receive Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I receive my healing. And by His stripes I am healed. God bless you. You this me. I'm glad all of you.